Okay, I'm recording. Me too. I'm recording. Here we go. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And it was Lindsay's birthday over the weekend. Oh, Happy birthday. Thank you so much. I, I She's warned, 26. I'm, I turned 26 years old. Uh, I am very youthful. Youthful. Oh. I had a very funny – We were. I went to see this play on my birthday and I – I bought these like under 35 seats like you can only get if you're under 35 years old and I went up to the thing and he said okay like can I see your ID so we can check to make sure you're under 35 for these tickets and I had like a very dark flash of like am I under 35 (laughs) like literally it was my birthday I turned 33 and I was like oh wait Uh, oh no do I have to lie (laughs) oh god well you can't lie if you have if you have the what am I trying to say? The ID. No, the well, ID that was. Lie? But I. But I was oh, so no. like, wait, how old am I? You know, when you have those moments, that I yeah. thought that like, oh no, I'm. I've said the wrong age before. Yeah. Where I'm like, wait, uh, it was at when I went to a. I was at a bar or at a restaurant, and I ordered a, a drink, and the person was like, no, I was going into a bar, and the person was like, uh, how old are you? But instead of asking for my ID, just goes, how old are you? And I was like. Uh, and, I, and for a second, I forgot. I was like, oh, uh, 30, however old I was. Right. I thought they were I was like, 31 for ID. a really long time. 31 was like, for some reason, I was 31 for like two years. <laughs> like, I'm still 31. I don't know. Like, I just forgot. It's a good year. <sighs> we, have a, we have a big show today in that we're doing something a little different, which is we were sort of exercising the, the literate part of our brains. <laughs> the literate um, we part. Both, we both. <laughs> Unlike Leah Michelle. It's proven that we can read. We did prove. Uh, although I guess you can't really prove that we didn't just do the audiobook of this. That's oh, totally possible. True. But you can hear. True. Look, listen. This is me turning actual oh, paper I, well, pages. That's unfair to me. I read it on a Kindle. You can't hear me yeah. turn my Kindle pages. But I'm just proving to everyone that I did, in fact, read a paper book because I am literate and I did want to read about The View. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same. I don't read a lot of nonfiction. So if it's going to be nonfiction, it better be, you know, real juicy. And this definitely was. Well, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't plan to do like a big chunk of an episode on this, but I had started reading it and it was so juicy and so fun and so full that I was like, oh, we need to give this way more time. Like this wasn't in the cards, but now it feels like a must. Yeah, so we're devoting the, the the main chunk of the episode to The View. Then we'll do some other Who's. Then we'll go do Rita as usual. There's even a game thrown in. You will drive it. I had this idea for a show. Different women. Different points of view. Maybe a little too different. We call it The View. This book was just too fun to pass up. So let's just really hit the ground running. This book is called Ladies Who Punch. We did not get this free. We both had to buy copies. This is not spawned for The View. This is not spawned for the author, Ramin Satuta, uh, who is... Who we do not know. Who we do not know. He is a writer. You've probably seen his name all over the place. He's very prolific, but he's been writing about The View for over a decade. So, of course, when he wrote his first book, he was like, I'm going to write about The View because I've already done all the work. Um, that's one of the 
first things that you notice about reading this book, it's that he has, he speaks to them and it's direct quotes from these women to him over the course of many, 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 many years. It's not like, oh, when I spoke to her like last fall when I was writing this book or whatever, he spoke to these women over well, and over the again only for way years and years and years. That he's, I think, able to have done this book because um, certain very important people did not give comment, like Whoopi and Whoopi did Elizabeth it. did not mm-hmm. give a comment. But the only reason he's able to piece this together is because he has their comments from past times he's interviewed mm-hmm. them, and so he's able to tell their stories, like you know, through either the voices of other people, which is still somewhat up in the air of being reliable, and also through those past interviews. But what's also yeah. really interesting is what came out. I mean, should we just start about Elizabeth? Like, what's the juiciest no, let's, well, part let's, of this let's, book? Let's start from the beginning. Let's start with, with how it began. We should start with Debbie Matinopoulos. <laughs> I know. Debbie was incredible. Did you – so wait, before we even do that, what was your personal experience with The View? What is your personal experience with The View? I, well, one thing, the thing that immediately stood out to me as in like, this is how I remember The View was, yes, I, I remember the Star Jones wedding because that was like peak when I was paying attention to yeah, every same. blog. That was all over the place. Um, and we talk about delisted all the time, but it was like peak delisted. The Al Reynolds jokes were all over the internet in like 2008, 2009. That was what was happening. Yes. But my memory of The View began with Saturday Night Live. Same. Because those t- early teen years is peak Saturday Night Live. I've always wanted to do a show with four strong, intelligent women. And someday, I still might. And I am in a fantastic mood today, and I don't know why. Me too, girl. I feel like a weight has been lifted off me, and, and believe me, that is a new feeling to me. <laughs> This since I opened for John Viner at the Improv in 81. <laughs> Ladies, let me tell you, I haven't felt this girlishly giddy since I was 70. <laughs> okay. They mention in this book, Barbara, who's like, they're kind of offended, but then they're also like kind of delighted because they had their doubles on SNL on The View. Yes, and what's really funny about this entire thing that I thought like my favorite part of the passage was when Tina Fey says that she and the women who wrote the yeah, sketch, that's the story they I was like tell. presented it to the rest of the cast and they didn't know The View was a real show. Because The View. None of the men on the writing staff knew The View was a real they, show. The they View thought they were making it up. It popped off yet. Like they. It was still like a niche program full like with a panel of women fighting, of which the only notable one was Barbara Walters, and mm-hmm. only a few people paid attention to it. And then the SNL thing amplified it, like and that it gave it that kind of because I remember the view when at first when I first was watching it as it was cliche women fighting. Like it was like, oh, go to the view and you'll like see women fighting with each other. Yeah, there was a there was a joke, uh, there was a Simpsons joke where they're like flipping through the channels and the view is on and the only thing you see is like the you know four yellow cartoon women and one of them just goes men and then it cuts to the audience and they go boo (laughs) and now the estrogen network presents afternoon yak man canceled that my my experience with the view began in references from other places. One being The Simpsons, one being Saturday Night Live, and it just turns and it just so happens that the Saturday Night Live moment was like the big moment where the view became well known throughout like right. American pop culture. It was very niche. It was very just women and specifically women who were home during the day. And that was which view the view lineup that was famous made famous on TV was the Star Jones, Joy, Barbara Walters, Debbie. 
and Debbie Matinopoulos. Who else? One more person. Joy came and went. Debbie was the first who of The View, even though they were all like who we, except for Barbara, mm-hmm. but she was the first real who because she came out of nowhere. What did mommy say? Oh, my mom. She said, Debbie, we came to this country 32 years ago, and today you're standing next to Barbara Walters. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and she was always like locked in a cage or played and by she was like always Cameron in a Diaz. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> she was always in a cage. Let's see. Today's dare was sent in by Marlene Kimball of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and she said, please put Debbie in a large bag with an angry raccoon. Bring it on! Woo! I'm so awesome! Woo! And what this means is that Debbie is going to get into this big bag with an angry raccoon and remain there for the uh, remainder of this show. Just get in the bag, stupid. She was played by Cameron Diaz once. Debbie was really upset by it, but then she was like, she even says in the book, she was like, yeah, it was it was embarrassing, it was humiliating, but it was also like, wow, I'm famous enough to be made fun of on The View, I mean, on Saturday Night Live, right. that's wild. This book does an incredible job of straddling, like, Barbara Walters as a genius and Barbara Walters as a menace, but, like, that her genius <laughs> and, like, putting this together and really sticking through it, like, she really put a lot of herself into this thing. Yeah. Uh, that she's, like, you know, it wouldn't have been made without her. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have, existed without her and yeah it was supposed to be called it was supposed to be called the view from here yeah and then they were like nope canada already has that you gotta change it so they made it the view well i just wanted to give a little a quick little rundown of how the view came to be because i mean i i had forgotten i didn't know the whole story Mm -hmm. but it was just like barbara was very known for serious journalism on abc she was like i want to do a talk show thing talk shows are kind of trendy just look at rosie o'donnell maybe we can do something like that daytime is the place to be she was very forward thinking she was like i want to have a cross-section of women i want to get women of all ages i want to get women of all viewpoints so they get star who's this like sort of conservative ish like very intelligent lawyer they get joy who's a comedian who's going to fill in for her they get a serious journalist in meredith vieira um, who we forgot the first time. Oh. And then she was like, I want a young person. And so the young person was the hard person to cast, the hardest person to cast. Um, and she found it in Debbie Matinopoulos. And that's the first highlight that I made in the book, which was that like she showed up donning a baby t-shirt with John Travolta's mug from Welcome Back, Cotter, a black miniskirt and knee-high boots. Her hair was dyed Kool-Aid pink because she had just taped something for MTV's House of she Style a as a free extra. She was or junior in NYU, and she at was NYU. interning at... Uh, MTV so she had like a small reel of like little things she'd done on air and And Barbara Walters was like I fucking love you and Barbara Walters loved her immediately and so they did that thing which I love like oh my god imagine the tapes of all of their casting things because they had to bring in all the women and they would switch them out sort of like musical chairs to see who the chemistry test that's what they're called the chemistry tests and the same story was told about the new queer eye i'm pretty sure someone call me and call in and correct me if i'm so wildly uh, off base here but i think the story was they did these chemistry tests and it turns out the first group oh. was the best one and the first group on the view was the best about one the queer, about queer yeah. they obviously always the new do ones. chemistry tests and they you'll see yeah. throughout the book they do a ton of chemistry tests can i read you my favorite because <laughs> they keep firing people can i tell you my favorite debbie section my favorite debbie yes. section so debbie's whole thing was that she was younger and you know she didn't know, I don't know a lot anything. and she didn't especially did not know a lot about politics kind of like us talking about that mayor last week they wanted her on to talk about pop culture specifically. So this was an episode where uh, 
Barbara snapped at uh, Debbie cried about Princess Diana or whatever. And then on oh, Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. Day, Debbie did not know anything about civil rights. And she said, I feel like I should know more about Martin Luther King. She rambled, blaming public school systems. Barbara just sat there, her lips tightening, unable to mask her disdain. But then <laughs> she goes, during the second season premiere, Barbara teasingly asked Debbie if back from vacation in Greece, if she had a new boyfriend. Quote, he's not allowed in the country. He doesn't have a green card, she mumbled. <laughs> and then Debbie... They talked about immigration. Debbie, no, but this is great. One day, Debbie said something really stupid, said Stedman Guff, who watched the show from a control room where she whispered oh, into, the, the, into the co-host's earpiece. I said, oh, my God, that was so fucking stupid. I want to kill myself. I didn't know the key was open and she could hear me. Debbie scowled. This is live on air. I can hear that, Jessica. She spoke to no one in particular on TV. I could not believe she said that on air, Stedman Guff said. But it's like... You were literally talking shit about her on live TV in her own ear. That was, that was, the the earpiece thing is funny because you have to assume that everyone has an earpiece on live TV, but everyone was like fully into the earpiece idea until Rosie O'Donnell. And Rosie O'Donnell was like, I'm not wearing an earpiece. And then she tried to get the rest of the cast to not wear earpieces in solidarity. And everyone was like, what? No, we're wearing earpieces. Well, it's like they need to know when to cut to stuff. You can all, you can also always tell that, that Whoopi is wearing an earpiece or looking at cue cards telling her to cut mm-hmm. to commercials since she's the only well, one Whoopi's, who knows how to do that these days. Whoopi's like the only one like that showed the the moderator chair any actual respect. Well, like, it's just in the funny how they're the all show. fighting for the moderator chair. In my mind, I'm like, who even is the, does the moderator chair matter? Like who, like, like does that make a, a difference? I know. And like Barbara passes us off. The best part is Barbara, who isn't sure if this show's going to fail, but doesn't want to like fail herself, makes Meredith Vieira, like if this fails, it'll be Meredith Vieira's fault because she's the moderator it's like this is the sneakiest bullshit i've ever read like it's it's barbara's like barbara's jenner levels evil and and he he sort of writes around how evil barbara is like evil's the wrong word he writes around he he gives barbara he doesn't want to be as vicious to barbara as he could be and that's very very clear he clearly has a lot of respect for barbara but every once in a while like barbara will do something terrible and then you're like and there will be some reference to the fact that like it was something that happened all the time. And you're like, wait, why aren't we getting as many horror stories about Barbara as we're getting about, say, Rosie O'Donnell? No, but you um, get a lot. You get a good amount. But he always balances them by, like, Barbara did something important and she also yelled at somebody for 45 minutes. Like, she, But yeah Barbara, yeah, Barbara liked passing it off. Barbara wanted to have it both ways, where she was passing it off to Meredith Vieira or whatever, but she also wanted to be there and be right. have, like, and also, complete control over everything because it was her baby. respects Barbara and comes to the show because of Barbara, which they all note. Like, it's like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Barbara. Rosie, everyone's like, she's mentally ill. Like, that is the difference. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one is coming there because of Rosie. She just happens to be there. If anything, Rosie is the producer's favorite because she gets ratings. Like, no one else does. Barbara is, like, all the actual women's favorites because they're like, oh, this means I'll be respected finally. Or whatever. That, uh, Rosie, that I'm trying to flip through. I'm tr- I remember where it was, but Rosie's, I got It's the, two times someone the says line where she's she just says, mentally Someone Ill. says, oh, a Gentile, the director. He says, or is he the producer? No, Gentile's the director. Yeah. And he says, um, she's this, he's telling this to Ramin. She's clinically insane, he said. Yeah. Not like Bill O'Reilly. He's crazy. She's medically insane. Yeah. The best talent she has is making you think she's normal. Right. Isn't that crazy? Everyone hates Rosie O'Donnell. But I want to, let's start, let's go back to where we said Star Jones. The first big sort of hooey stuff that happened in The View's time on television was when Star Jones 
started dating this guy named Al Reynolds, and then they had the wedding of the century <laughs> that Ugh. later they claimed that Donald Trump stole every single detail when he married Melania, well, but that's besides the point. What was incredible was, so, so Star Spawn. was known as, like, the lawyer. Remember, like, I'm a lawyer, like, from SNL. Like, I'm telling you, yeah. like, they really got it. She was the yeah, lawyer. Yeah, where Tracy, jo- Tracy Morgan would just say, like, I'm a lawyer over like and over and over again. She was, like, a single gal. It was, like, you know, Star and... And she tested the best, yeah, also. Yeah, she, she... Everyone loved her. She kind of Everyone had loved the, her. She kind of had the like expertise, but she also knew how to talk about many different types of things. And she was so up her own ass that she finally like found a guy and got engaged. And her marriage, she was like, I'm going to leverage the hell out of this. And even though in the retrospect, people do claim that she paid for a lot of it. They did mm-hmm. like so much spawn because ABC didn't have like any formal rules against mm-hmm. her kind of selling spawn that she would mention on the show and stuff like just without asking, etc. Um, mm-hmm. So and they would have to list them all in the credits, every single thing that she got they first, for free they f- to keep it on the up and up. They first talk about it. Um, this was Star. Star was smart enough to leverage her fame into a series of businesses, all under the umbrella of Star Inc. She signed a deal with Payless Shoes as a spokeswoman to hawk their affordable footwear and TV commercials, created her own line of wigs, and traveled around the country giving speeches, collecting substantial fees. So she was, like, up there. Like, she was, like, extremely famous, I guess, is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to put into perspective here. Yes, and the wedding was huge. It got, like, an exclusive in people. Like, everyone famous went... Um, Everyone famous who could go went. I feel like one of the Clintons couldn't go because they were having surgery or something. But like, Bill. But, Cl- but Hillary yeah. went without him. Hillary went without him. She got all this free stuff, but then the person is like, but she paid the bar tab. She paid for the flowers. She paid for certain things. She dated this guy, Al Reynolds, that everyone's making fun of because they were like, he's gay as hell. Star Jones is dating a gay man. She has no idea. Yeah. Later on, Al came out as bi, yeah. but after they divorced. So she was sort of humiliated by a lot of this but and regrets a lot of it. But I want to read... Al aside, my favorite Star Jones moment um, that shows her um, behavior that got her a bad reputation Wait, on set. Are you going to read the Orlando? Yes, Fuck, that's I, what I, I was literally just going to read that. Okay, read it. <laughs> and she says, uh, and the funniest thing, I do want to, I do want to say this because they bring it up later. At the time, in the late '90s, early 2000s, everyone made fun of Star, and they were like, "Star is a nightmare." But everyone says in this in this book, they were like, "We didn't know how lucky we were when we just had Star because Rosie was like an actual monster. Like Star, we could deal with. Rosie, we could like, not Star deal with. Star anyway. was just like a star. Like she was just yeah. Dealing Star was with a star. stardom, but Rosie was like insane. <laughs> a monster. So here we go. The view suddenly started to feel like Mean Girls. Many of the problems backstage revolved around Star versus various members of the staff. When the show went to Disney World to shoot a week of episodes, Star called up publicist Carl Nilsson with a complaint. She wanted to know why her hotel suite didn't overlook the ocean. Nilsson had to gently explain to her that Orlando was surrounded by land in all directions. <laughs> so good. So good. I like that we both independently highlighted that part. Um, I have one more part, but I also looked up the because people got the exclusive. So this was the part that said that you implied that people got the exclusive, or I mean, you, you know, she says it, but it says, mm-hmm. Star devised a special exit from the church. A tunnel of fabric was built outside <laughs> a back door so that when she got into her car her dress still remained a mystery to the public at large. For the second time, Tutera who was um, her, like a designer broached mm-hmm. the idea of waving to the minions camped outside. Quote, she didn't want anyone to see her, he remembered. She sold her first images of the gown to people. And so I found the People article oh, from yeah, November 29, 2004. Um, 
Star's dream wedding. Star's dream wedding. Uh, and it's so funny. It opens. Star Jones admits it. When it came to her wedding, she had an acute case of Cinderella complex. But the dress was beautiful. It was white with a train that went on for um, several New York blocks. I wanted to see the bride. Why do you think you didn't get to see her? I think she put a, uh, pulled a, a fast one on all of us. Maybe it was a near-blinding spotlight that illuminated the bride's walk down the aisle in Manhattan's St. Bartholomew Church. Or the 27-foot tiara. Didn't she have one foot longer than Diana to prove a point? It was like two feet, two feet longer. The train was two or three feet longer than Diana's <laughs> by design. The veil was like several New York build blocks long, says actress Paula Lorraine Bracco. On the huge mm-hmm. diamond pendant featuring an R with an A and an S on either side, adorning the bride's slimmer-than-ever body. In any case, the daytime gabber ensured that all eyes were on her as she realized the fairy tale moment she'd been planning since age eight. Every single wedding gown fantasy I ever had was fulfilled. Blah, 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 blah. My favorite part was right before this part in the book where it mentioned the way that the SNL SNL covered the wedding and it was Tracy Morgan as Star Jones talking to, talking to whoever was playing the, the Al Reynolds character and Tracy Morgan as Star Jones says our wedding is going to be off the hook said the, char- the star caricature said to fake Al, whose vows included mock shout-outs to Lady Speedstick, Continental Airlines, and <laughs> Quiznos. No, 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 no. Have you been practicing your vows? What yeah. are you going to say? Yeah. Okay. I've been practicing. I, Al Reynolds, yes. in association with Sarno and Sons Formal Wear, Ooh, that's nice. take you, Star Jones, mm-hmm. sponsored by Lazaro Bridal and Lady Speedstick, to be my lawfully wedded, with promotional consideration provided by Continental Airlines and Quiznos. Wife. Woo! So everyone was making fun of this at the time that Star was getting free stuff. And the thing is, like, Star was Star ended up being right. Like, Ellen and all these other people, she wanted Star was all about she wanted to give the audience free stuff on the show. Not only because she wanted it, because she thought it would be more fun and ABC resisted. And it turns out that's what the trend sphered to. Like mm-hmm. giving people free stuff. It's all promo for as much stuff right. as you Star can possibly get. Star was smart. Get. She wasn't just shameless. She was smart. She was yes. like, people will want this too. Like I'm but not she, just being like ridiculous. But she also handled it well. She she expresses plenty of regret where she's like, I I didn't handle this as well as I could have. Like when she got gastric bypass surgery, she didn't. Oh, that was so she interesting. She didn't talk about it. She could have she been just, even more she slow, like, like. Right. She, she just lost weight and she never addressed it. She refused. She barred them from ever addressing that she actually got gastric bypass surgery. And she's like, maybe in retrospect, doesn't she say like, I would have made it a co- like a talking point. I would have talked about it. Well, they beg it. her, like, beg her, beg her. And then that makes her co-hosts very annoyed with her because they're all sharing so much of their lives. And part of the view is like, you have to share your life. You have to share your life. And she's mm-hmm. not sharing it. Everyone's so confused. Why is she so thin? And all of her fans were like, we like this woman who we liked because she was like too real. Now we're like, oh, we mm-hmm. know there's something up with her. Like she's a faker. So she kind of lost her momentum because of that. So how does Rosie, so it's interesting, like, I did watch Rosie O'Donnell's show. Loved it. Me too. And I watched it when I got home fully, from school. fully thought she was, like, the watch. most famous person in the world, like, 100%. And she wasn't far off. So she quit her show in kind of, like, a stressful moment. She was, like, over it, and she moved. She's like, I've made more money than God. She moved away, and she uh, was, like, living somewhere else, and I guess got bored. And, like, how did they end up coming Miami? to her? Because she had been offered The View earlier by Barbara and said no. And remember, yeah, said no. when her show ended, they offered her show to Joy, and Joy said no to stay on The View. And then they gave it to Car- who, Caroline who Ray, can- and it got canceled. Yes, it got canceled after one season. That was funny to know that they offered the show to Joy Behar first. 
Joy said no, and then Caroline Ray took exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so so they, Rosie yeah. comes on because it's a little later and her kids are a little older. I don't really remember why exactly she finally said yes, but... I mean, she's bored. I think it was just... She was bored. She missed it. She was like, I had been... She was like, I would just, like, go out on my boat. She was like, I would paint all the time. She said, what else did she do? She was, like, listening to TED Talks. Um, she would just, like... She had enough of her leisure time, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes on The View and immediately becomes everything that they wanted. Right now, coming up live, superstar Jessica Simpson's giving you the real deal behind the tabloid boomers and hitting the stage to sing her latest hit. And you won't believe how much was going on in Rosie's life while she was off the air when she reveals what she's been up to. Like it or not, here I come. All that. The show's ratings go through the roof, and it's all because of Rosie. Um, and immediately, Rosie starts acting like a monster to everyone, and she wants to change everything. She wants it to be like, um, she wants it to be the Rosie O'Donnell show, basically. Um, she wants to talk more about politics. Right. She wants to get like way she more, just more came partisan. from producing her own show onto Barbara's yes. set, so she comes in with like being like, "Well, I'm going to treat this show like I treated my show," and actually, that's why my show was successful. So you better listen to me. So all the women, including Barbara, are like, "What the fuck have we gotten ourselves into?" Uh, including Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who's still there for some reason. She's like Elizabeth also Hasselbeck hugely is there. popular. She Elizabeth was... Hasselbeck they, is popular because they people liked her clothes. She was on well, Survivor. She was young she was... and beautiful, and she was the reality star, and they, they took a real chance on her, and she turned out to be like, she spoke her mind, and she didn't come off terrible, and so people really liked her. You just said our enemies in Iraq. Did yes. Iraq attack us? No, I'm saying Al-Qaeda. Okay, oh, did Iraq, Iraq attack us, Elizabeth? Iraq did not attack us, Correct. Rosie. We've been there before. I'm you? saying our enemies, Al-Qaeda, are you hearing that? Uh, I, I, I hear it, but okay, where do you okay. want to go, Bub? This We're is gonna... a political discussion. With right. Don't interview each other. Just if you're, say pl- what if you you're mean. playing a game, okay? If you're playing a game, and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to throw to my wide receiver, wide right, okay? Do you do that? I'm going to do it in two seconds. What does that do for your enemy? Well, you know what, Elizabeth? If the enemy are innocent civilians, I don't want to play that kind of football. The enemy are not innocent And we know this at the time, but, like, they they drill it in you in the book. But it's like, that didn't happen before Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Elizabeth Filarski. But I guess she was Hasselbeck by the time she, she actually took the job. Yeah. Um, we didn't turn reality stars into ongoing stars until Elizabeth Hasselbeck. And then she sort of was a proof of concept to a generation of reality stars after this that once you leave your show, you can keep going. Yeah, you and can you can keep be at a host, it. you know? You um, could actually host something. And the this just came out recently. We're a little bit, timing-wise, this is a little bit later in the timeline. Are you going to play the clip? No, well, I'll play, yeah, I'll play the clip here where, so part of his reporting is he got his hands on I mean you know what's funny we're not even really talking about them but they're probably 80% of the book is the producers is like how shady oh, the producers yeah. are like Who kept everything archived Barbara has yeah, her guy yeah, yeah. some everyone else has everyone has their person and they kind of and run it, around and part of this was that Barbara's uh, the producer, the main guy, was coaching Elizabeth before the show and, like, basically telling her what to say because he also was conservative and he wanted her to be smart and he wanted her to have, like, like talking points for these hot topics. And mm-hmm. everyone else really fucking hated that. Like, they all knew he was doing that, especially Joy. Yes. And he would, for, like, 30 minutes every day, he would sit in her dressing room and 
I do that. Yeah, and so this um, clip that recently got leaked but is referred to in the book is when Elizabeth, like, storms off stage and she still has her mic on and she's freaking, freaking, freaking out because it's like this chat about abortion and she's getting steamrolled because she is wrong, but all these other things and she has to go back on stage and I remember watching this episode and it cuts back from commercial and her and Barbara are like embracing because like Barbara told her to stop like Barbara yeah. was the one that was like please stop like please calm down which is the worst thing you can say and then it cuts them after commercial like being like we disagree and that's why this is the magic of the view you know and I'm saying this medication should be reserved only for those special situations why? this is why? not this is going that's to be that's a loophole in your argument. argument I'm saying this I wish that it were available I'm not saying there I don't believe it's a right thing but this is a slippery slope to just eliminating life and you know what for people who want the government to stay out of their business and do what the heck you want with your body and stay yes, them out like then why are you for universal health folks, care folks, okay? we could go you on. want that same government Elizabeth calm down dear. I can't this yes, makes me so I know but we all everybody has strong opinions and there are many other arguments that other people could give you I think the most important thing which is what we see today is we've got to be able to have these discussions and listen to other people's opinions yeah, right. and not go so crazy that you don't listen to I'm, anybody's opinions. I heard opinion. everything you said. I just am emphatic I, I with... I barely started. Well, and it's not just my opinion, but we have to go on and we have to learn how to discuss these things in some sort of rational way. Let's see They're what Sally Field thinks. We'll be right back with Sally Field. reprimanded on the air. I am not going to get reprimanded. On, no, it's not okay to sit there and get reprimanded I'm, on the air. You know what? I've been then, then talk. If you want to talk. I know. What the fuck? Like, I don't, I never, I'm not even going to. I'm not going back out there. I'm not going back out there. Come into my office here. No, I'm not going back out there. You know what? I can take it in the meeting room. I'm not taking it out there on air. Okay, honey. I'm not taking it. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Because I, I have to shit. What the fuck? Also, Rosie was blogging a lot at the time. Ooh, I don't know if you remember I, Rosie O'Donnell's blog. Yeah, I know. You, um, but I know she you would like talk a lot about. Uh, she would talk about current events. She would write a lot of haikus <laughs> about current events and politics. Mm -hmm. And she was very much like she would talk about her blog all the time. She was talking about the internet and and the way people share news and information. And Barbara's very much old school and resistant to a lot of it. And there's a line where it just says. The ladies even addressed a tabloid report that Barbara had spotted on a mean haiku on Rosie's blog, and they were already feuding. And they were already feuding. I have never read a blog, said Barbara. <laughs> I think we highlighted the exact same parts. That's all. I, I have never read a blog. I have, but I actually never have never read a blog. So, I mean, how how much do we want to get into this, like into the actual history of the View? Because, like, we already did you, enough. You could, you should, you should, you should read the book if you if you are at all interested. Just read it because there there are a lot of stories. But I do want to um, talk about. My favorite, 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 favorite part of the entire book, which comes sort of near the end. Um, and can I can I read it to you, yeah. Lindsay? I wrote, I underlined this part of the book, and I said, this is the best line of the book. Page, 180, <laughs> page 189. It's in the middle of uh, this point where Rosie and Elizabeth are fighting, and there's a guest there, and... The guest is sort of like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? I'm just going to read you this. 
this is while Sherry Shepard is also one of the hosts. Sherry Shepard, the the stuff about Whoopi buying Sherry clothes was so sweet. Sherry Shepard is like this like innocent bystander in all of this. Yeah. I feel for her, even though she thinks the earth is flat. Um, the, and okay. that one caught her by surprise. She wasn't that really I caught think, her by surprise. I don't think she <laughs> thought the earth was flat until someone said, "Do you think the earth is flat?" And she's like, she was like "I Maybe. haven't thought about it." And then she was like, "I started reading newspapers after that." And you're like, "Good, okay, yeah. good for you, Sherry." Yeah. Um, the tourists in the studio looked frightened. Quote, it was like watching your parents fight, Sherry said. In the green room, the yelling echoed over the guests who were waiting to join this live act on live TV. <laughs> Quote, Alicia Silverstone was shaking, said Sherry, about the clueless star who was scheduled to chat about how veganism had made her a calmer person. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Quote, she was terrified. Alicia Silverstone in a green room watching Rosie and Elizabeth yell at <laughs> each other incredible. and Sherry's just there is the funniest image I can possibly think of. Um, well, also, there were so great... many, there was always famous people that got caught in the crossfire. Never forget Lisa Loeb on stage during the... Also, why was she guest hosting? I she wasn't know. even a guest. She was guest hosting. It's so weird. Like Lisa Loeb, like on stage when they're fighting about the abortion thing, you're just like, oh, is that Lisa Loeb? And she just like is not saying anything at all. Like never, like is not talking. <laughs> You know, can I read you? So what's really fun about this, too, is that um, Barbara, like a tr- Barbara's like so before her time. She's calling the post. She's calling the time. She's calling the, you know, she's literally oh, like, yeah. like. She reads every, anytime they have a anything. book, she's like, I read everything. She's like, even if it's a cookbook, I read it. But she's cover. reading gossip and she's also spreading gossip to tabloids. She's literally calling them. She's calling in tips. So she brings in Rosie to like save the show. And then Rosie becomes her worst nightmare. And she's like, I have to get Rosie <laughs> off the show. Like, it's really funny. you know. So she starts leaking stuff. To so the it press. says on September 16th, 2007, the post ran its story in the mind of Rosie O'Drama three weeks ahead of the book's publication. The lead sentence says it all. Ranting Rosie O'Donnell is full of rage, has a profound distrust of men, craves public adoration, shows signs of post-traumatic stress disorder, and dishes out her anger mostly to women because of her deep-seated abandonment issues over her mother's death, said a psychologist after reading her her latest member, Celebrity... So she came up with this memoir and, like, didn't tell anyone. And Barbara got an. She gave Barbara an early copy of it. Barbara sent it straight to the press and was like, "Look at this nightmare." And then they ran with it and they revealed all the juicy stuff from it. And then they used it as like, "She's crazy." It's great, is that? So there's a quote from Barbara that says, "Rosie has written a sad book, but I prefer to focus on the happier times we had and the happier times we hope to have in the future." But it turns out that Rosie was Rosie had no idea, but it was Barbara who sent all the information in the first place. Mm -hmm. This is very Real Housewives, where you give a quote to throw off the scent, but it was you the whole time. Yeah, this just happened on Um, Housewives. Oh my god. So the the other stuff that I uh, that was sort of interesting is um, when they start talking about the other, you know, we love the real, we love the talk. The talk is the biggest competitor. It was like the first one. Mm-hmm. And there was a line that I liked where they were talking to uh, Barbara. And this was like an, a while ago. This wasn't like a recent interview with Barbara. But it says, we're not at all affected by the talk, Barbara once told me. I don't think the, su- the success of her show diminishes us, her being Julie Chen Moonves. Nor do I think the success or failure of The View affects them. Barbara was aware that they had promotional leverage. Quote, the only thing I'll say is, if you're married to the president of a network, you get more promos. Where it's like, ooh, the cattiness. I love it. Um, I love you want to hear my favorite line in the whole book? Yes. They, the lead up to, it's the night of the election. <laughs> like Hillary mm-hmm. versus Trump. And it's like... 
uh, some of the random who hosts, but then, you know, like they basically have like Robin Roberts from GMA, like at the Hillary headquarters. They're like ready mm-hmm. to go. They have like champagne ready. The audience is ready. They, they're about to play like they're playing cool in the gang celebration as they take the stage. Anyways, there's a part that says, as the night dragged on, the booze kept flowing. Sarah downed more drinks than all the other co-hosts combined. The crowd jeered every time a big state fell to Trump. Don't boo, lectured the warm-up guy between breaks. Try to be a little nicer. Backstage, the actress Kathy Najimi silently whispered to no one in particular, this is my last appearance in the United States. (laughs) I underlined the Kathy Najimi line. Kathy's like, backstage, Kathy's like, I'm leaving the States. (laughs) Uh, there was also a moment where that I didn't really know it, how to interpret. And sometimes, did you get this too? Like, the, the book is good, whatever. But it was hard to keep track of when certain things were being said. Yes. Um, and yes. it wasn't a great job of being clear as to like, because that context is helpful in a lot of instances to know, did did Barbara say this in 2014? Did Barbara he, say this in he 2006? He does it sometimes. Um, but I think you have to assume that enough. everything is recent until he, unless he says it's another time. Because he'll but say like, there was the in line, an interview here, in an interview here. But there was a line where uh, Rosie, where Rosie revealed that she was sexually abused as a child in her memoir, the one that Barbara leaked to the press. Celebrity um, detox or whatever. But then she never named who that person was. And then it says Rosie names them here for the first time. It was her father. And so it's like, wait, are you talking about a conversation you had with her earlier? Or is she actually revealing that her father was the one who abused her in this book right now? I think it, it's the latter, right? Like I don't know. Did you did you notice that part? But the other part. I think that, it was in the book though, because I remember when. Yeah, I think it, that was in the, the book. Just another side note of a Rosie thing that I thought was funny was when uh, they talk about how like Rosie and Elizabeth had this feud. This is an ongoing thing in the book where it's like they on TV you think that they hate each other, but they're actually sort of friends. Rosie considered herself. I mean, Rosie is not the most reliable narrator, but Rosie considered herself like a mentor of Elizabeth's, and she wanted to help her out. Rosie considered Elizabeth a friend, and um, is very mad that like the public thinks that they're like they hate each other, even though they did sort of like make their working lives miserable. But this line happens. I don't know if you under, you underlined this too. Although she was attracted to Elizabeth, Rosie never wanted to act on it. Quote, there was a little bit of a crush, but not that I wanted to kiss her. I wanted to support, raise, elevate her. Like she was the freshman star shortstop and I was the captain of the team. Um, then Rosie changed sports metaphors from baseball to basketball. <laughs> Quote, I was going to Scotty Pippen her. If I was Jordan, I was going to give her the ball and let her shoot. But I was in, it was in no way sexualized. And I was just like, what is happening well, here? That I, that sort of fuck up comes across as someone who like definitely wants to fuck her. And is like, oh, it's ba- it's basketball. She's my baseball. No, it's know. sports. It's, ba- I feel like it's Scottie she Pippen. misspoke. Like she shouldn't have said like I had a crush. Like she should have been like. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted her to succeed, and I knew her part on the show. And also, think mm-hmm. about it. Before Trump, it was like we were less like – it was more like let's hear both sides, kind of. We were right. more willing yeah, yeah, yeah. to have that. And they knew that that was, like, the success of The View was that it had many views. It was not just one view. And so, like, it was in Rosie's best interest to have someone like Elizabeth, like, all at the table and, like, speaking her mind. Who I don't you know. you were sparring with. Yeah, like – um, it, yeah, the, I don't know. One other thing that I have is during one of their spars, I didn't. I'm I'm sort of through everything that I highlighted yeah, that was I've, good because like the rest like is we kind said, of in my game too. Is she says uh, it's when uh, Elizabeth and Rosie are again fighting about like terrorism or something and like Al Qaeda and Sherry is co-hosting and Sherry 
Sherry tries to cut to commercial, but then they just, they didn't cut to commercial. So Sherry just, just kept sitting there just silently. And it says, they wouldn't let it go. Sherry told me later, it was the worst feeling in the world. And you're just like, imagine poor Sherry Shepard. Sherry's is like, like a good me person. Out of this. Like Sherry like doesn't deserve any of this, you know? <laughs> hey Prince, could you, could you just hey, say Sherry, I love you? Sherry, I love you. Because there's also like a, there's a lot of blind spots on my view knowledge. Well, it's like, you can. I paid attention for like little yeah. fits and spurts, you know. It like tapers you pay attention out. Here, you pay attention there. This book, but treats, the ratings are still great. This book treats the view the way that like I watched it, which was like very heavily at certain points and then like trickling out at others. Like he, it barely mm-hmm. mentions. And actually, this is a great way to go into my game, which is called the Who's of the View, which is a game that kind of uh, pays attention to the lesser known people in the View okay. story and like the ones that don't get a lot of attention. I mean, we didn't even mention this, but what's really funny is this is not they're not in my game, but they talk about some of the women that were up for the job and didn't get it like uh, uh, Rachel Campos Duffy who was like a real world alum and she ended up marrying the guy that became the senator and then it was also a local anchor named Jill Cordes and one of Colin Powell's daughters who made it very far called named Anne Marie and a mm-hmm. Fox sports reporter named Lauren Sanchez whose name stood out because it's literally Jeff Bezos's new girlfriend. New girlfriend who just filed for divorce from her husband. So she um, was in the running for – all these women were in the running for, like, the conservative seat at the table but got beat out by Lisa Ling, who wasn't Lisa even conservative Ling. but was more of a journalist, I guess. Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Elizabeth. Nicole Wallace. Yeah. Not Nicole Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. But Megan McCain, the, the third time around, the fourth time around. It's just really hard to find a perfect fit when you're looking for a view host, which sort of brings me to our ad, which is – Third love, which helps you find a perfect fit for your bra. <laughs> How about that for a segue, Lindsay? I mean, I guess we have to do it, and then we'll do my game after the after the quick commercial break. Lindsay, I'm just going to pass the baton to you here. What about third love makes it so great at finding your perfect fit for a bra? Because I don't personally wear bras. Oh, good to know. Third love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shapes in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Basically, like, they have all the sizes. All the sizes. Mm. More sizes than other brands. Third love offers more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Because no one's boobs are the same. Not only are no one's boobs the same, your two boobs are often not even the same to each other. You know, they're sisters, very... not twins. Have you heard Wait, that is that a line that people use? Yeah. Is that a line that's used? Yeah, they're sisters, That's not really twins. good. You didn't make that up. It, whatever no. it is, that's really that's funny. That's like an age-old line. Skip the um, trip. Find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder. Order and try on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. You can just send it right back if it doesn't work for you. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz today. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 50% off their first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash who who to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your purchase that's thirdlove.com slash who for 15% off today and now that we're done with that ad we can move on to our view game Lindsay, what's it called it's called the who's of the view basically i'm going to describe something that one of the who's of the view did and i'm going to give you is it one who or another who and then you're going to tell me which which person did this and i didn't i'm ready i'm all ready and if you're into and if you want to if you want more modern day contemporary who's this is not the book for you because they barely mention michelle Collins. They barely mention Raven Simone. Barely. They barely mention any of those other people. It's like Megan McCain gets more 
play than the other people, and that barely makes sense. That's true. But if you look at the view lineup today, the main players are Whoopi and Megan. Like that's like yeah. literally the selling points. I mean, he he knows by having watched the most recent view that like that's and also he's friends with Megan. That's another thing. The writer yeah, of this I don't book like that. It's very is best clear. friends it's with Megan McCain, he, which he does disclose. We're not yeah. like saying yeah. that because we like knew right. it. But yeah. it is one of those things where she gets so much more attention, and yes, she is interesting, and yes, like she is embattled. <sighs> but only like barely interesting. <laughs> I barely. I don't even want to call her interesting she's I don't know. obvious she's interesting she's obvious whatever but anyways the point is is that he's best friends with her and that's a huge deal and uh-huh. uh i gotta say like i feel like that's where a lot of this comes from the goss and the yeah. permission okay so we're now we're playing the who's of the view number one this who of the view was bad-mouthed by candy carter for quote not keeping up as the show got into the swing of the 2016 election is this who raven simone or candace cameron beret Oh God! I, I, uh, it's one of the two. Yes. I mean, obviously, it's one of the two. I'm gonna say it's Raven. That's correct. It is Raven. Yeah. Younger. Yeah. Yeah. This who of the View was worried the View would <laughs> hurt her career, and it did. Whoopi said she was boring at the table. Is this who of the View Paula Ferris or Sarah Haynes? Oh, that's tough. Sarah Haynes. No. Nope. No. No. Paula Ferris. It was yeah. Paula Ferris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Sarah Haynes has a good job now. Yeah, she does. Sarah Haynes. Sarah Haynes got a Paula better Ferris job. Paula Ferris does yeah. not. When I went to a view taping, it was that it was Jedediah, oh Sarah. God. Oh my god. Jedediah, Jedediah, Sarah, Whoopi, and I guess Joy was there. Yeah, Joy was definitely there. Next question: This who of the view left or was lefted the show after an offensive joke, but the book claims that she and Joy were one too many comedians on the panel. Is this who of the view Michelle Collins or Raven Simone? Michelle Collins. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, that was Michelle Collins is mentioned for like one second. But I thought it was interesting that they were like, yeah, she made an she made an offensive joke. But I think also there was tension between her and Joy because they were both like doing the same job. Which I and if the view and if the view book, Ladies Who Punch, teaches you anything, it's that any official reason they give for the firing is, not, is a lie. Is not real. Is a lie. Right. And they usually say they're they're leaving to pursue other opportunities, which, which they is never like, are. No, they never are. I mean, technically, we all are. I'm leaving this earth <laughs> to pursue other opportunities. Like, <laughs> we all are. Okay. Everyone thought this who of the view was a Republican, but she really was a libertarian. Is this Sarah Haynes or Jedediah Bila? Sarah Haynes. Nope, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's Jedediah. She was a it's libertarian, Jedediah. not a Republican. Mm-hmm. She was there when I saw it, and I was like, who are you? What is this? <laughs> who did I get? Like, what B team did I get? Yeah, it was Sarah, Jedediah, Paula, Whoopi Joy. Okay, go. This who of the view found out she was being fired when a CNN reporter called to ask if the rumor about Meghan McCain replacing her was true. Is this Jedediah or Michelle Collins? Um, Jedediah. That's correct, because she was also mm-hmm. conservative. Yeah. This who of the view was, quote, a conservative, but she wasn't informed about politics in a way that made her useful for interviewing senators or presidential <laughs> candidates. And Candace Cameron Bure. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Okay, and now for our last one. This is um this this one has sound. So in a karaoke segment on the show, this who oh of the few God. sang "Put Your Record On" by Corrine Bailey Ray. I'm gonna play you a clip so you can see. It. Raven Simone. That's correct. 
That is the last question. That was my that was my the Who's of the View quiz. Short, oh my god, the Who's of the View and sweet. What a good what a good quiz. Who were some other Who's we should talk about before we move I mean, on to I Rita? She was so boring. They didn't mention her, but Sunny Hostin, who I didn't even put in this game, Abby Huntsman and Anna Navarro, who I think are on the show now, maybe because they're sometimes they're, they're like barely they mentioned. Megan McCain, obviously, who we talked about, who wasn't in, who I didn't put in my quiz. I mean. Really, like, they really skim over so many of these women. So let's move on to some other who's before we go into Rita. Kathy Lee and Hoda ended. They're they're both thems, but it's they. She ended in the whoiest way, the weirdest possible way. Did we? Are we saying that Hoda has graduated? Hoda was always a them, right? Hoda's a them. I think we called Hoda them a while ago. Maybe we did. I kinda... She's not a Hoda. She's not a Hoda. She's not, um. She's a Hoda, let's not just a do Hoda. these. Let's just let's just focus on the funniest who story of the week. I don't really think it gets any better than this in terms of our wheelhouse. Especially last week, we were just talking about politics, and it was like, God help us all. Yeah, truly. God help all of you. We were talking about Mayor Pete. Truly, Buttigieg. and we totally got stuff wrong. And that I was like, I mean, <laughs> we, yeah, yikes. Like, this is why we don't talk about politics. I you know, know what we talk about? Stories, stories with headlines like this, which is our wheelhouse to a T. Celine, Celine Dion shuts down rumors she's dating backup dancer Pepe Munoz. Quote, Pepe is gay. <laughs> <laughs> it is, if, if only every other famous person on the planet who has been in the middle of dating rumors or address them this succinctly and openly, we would be living in a better world. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, like she's not milking it. She's not trying to pretend it's anything that's not. She in her own weird, like vaguely human, like I I can barely relate to people way. She was like, wait, why are they saying I'm dating this guy? Because she's not used to it. Mm-hmm. She's been with Renee since she was like five years old. Yeah, but I don't she want to get into she it. She was like kind of scandalously maybe. Uh, sleeping with one of her like musicians on tour like when she was like kind of moving on and it was a little bit like well she obviously didn't want to get that out because her main like narrative of recent was like Renee you know she's still like getting over Renee but I Mm -hmm. I, this is really funny because it's like this young guy who's so clearly gay and and they're holding hands at a game at a fashion show who is this like new BFF and she's like he is extremely gay (laughs) yes um, but they're at they're at this fashion show. She's like holding his face. They're mugging for the camera, and then she went on extra. And someone was like, "Oh, Celine, like you were holding hands with this like hunk. Is he your boyfriend?" And she says, "At first, I felt for him quite a bit. Pepe is gay. At first, I think some people did not know that. The thing is, he's my best friend, and he did so much for me. And even just holding my hand, it's something I haven't had in a long time. A hug from a six three man. It was wonderful. People really thought there was romance going on. Wait, he did she's so trying much to say me. that like he helped her because she was horny, and like he just yeah. was a man." <laughs> Yes. He did so much for me, for my mental health, my spirituality, my inner strength. And then it's like, she's just spouting off like English words that she knows. My favorite thing about this guy, Pepe, is that like, if you Google him, he comes up in the, in the cats wiki because he was on the cast of the cats touring show or whatever. The touring one. He played like, he he played McCavity in Madrid, like in Germany, in the UK, in like everywhere. Like he has played like all the cats. (laughs) Thank God for catsmusical.fandom.com for this I thing. Love okay, so he's Spanish it. actor, also gay, apparently. He's gay. Oh, he was Rum Tum Tugger in the international tour. With a good friend, Pepe Munoz, sparking romance rumors. Were you having a laugh at all of the headlines of you and your friend, Pepe? At first, I, I felt for him quite a bit. Mm. Pepe is gay. It's time to do read up, but before we do that, let's do an ad. How about that? Want to do an ad? I love doing an ad. What's this ad for? It's for Robinhood. Mm. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, 
ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movement so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Who Weekly a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at whoweekly.robinhood.com. You will say that. Oh my god, what is Rita up to? A couple of things. <laughs> a couple of things. She went to the wedding. I love. She went to Mark Jacobs' wedding, but remember, it's it's finally the wedding of the guy that he got engaged to during the flash mob, Char De Francesco. Oh yeah, they got married in Rita. Everybody was they there. They finally got married. Everyone, Everyone was, was at there. this wedding, and Rita looked amazing. And Rita looked amazing. It was a new look. I haven't seen this look on her. This particular like teased out hairstyle. Yeah, looked. It was a good. It was. She looked good. Everyone looked good. Her. Everybody was there. Everyone looked good. Everyone wore like There's, their craziest outfits to like impress Marc Jacobs. I think. Did you click on um? Did you click on the story, the Daily Mail story, where she's like smoking a cigarette outside the wedding? I guess it's like at the reception, and she's taking a break. No, but that's so and, Rita. And it's just like her smoking a cigarette next to someone who the Daily Mail cannot name, and so it's just like a hunk and a white blazer, and it's just. 15 photos of her talking and laughing at this hunk in a white blazer who was never once named. Her friend wore a chic white blazer and opted to keep his long brunette hair loose for the event. The pair were in an animated conversation before they embraced during the lengthy smoke break. A lengthy smoke break. Um, the other thing that she is up to, she re- re- she released a cover of Counting Crows, Big Yellow, ta- <laughs> Big Yellow Taxi. No, I know it's a Joni Mitchell song, but someone tweeted it at us. Do you think Rita knows who Joni Mitchell is? Yes, I love Rita to death, but I have a feeling she does not know Joni Mitchell's version of Big Yellow Taxi. So you think she's only because heard if you were like- the two weeks notice original Big Yellow yeah, Taxi featuring uh, Vanessa Carlton. The six She probably was like, "Who's gonna do the oop bop bops?" And they were like, "Rita, it's not Rita." Okay, but also Rita. Vanessa Carlton does. She, Vanessa Carlton does the. Uh, I wanna give it away. I wanna give it. I wanna give it. She does gibberish, and then she says oop bop bop. This is the second time we've talked about this. Let's song. talk about it more and more and more. Um, but the reason I say Counting Crows first is because someone did tweet it at us, and they said, "Didn't expect to wake up to find out that Rita Ora uh, covered a Counting Crows song." And I was like, "Oh no." The hooligans don't know that it's Joni Mitchell. Or they do know. Imagine being, do you think, okay, just as I'm, just as I'm certain there are people on this planet who heard the Counting Crows version first and were like, oh, it's a Counting Crows song, Big Yellow Taxi. There's gotta be someone on this earth who is hearing Big Yellow Taxi for the first time as sung by Rita Ora. That's gotta be true, right? Yeah. Someone is hearing it for the very first time sung by Rita Ora. That's wild. What do you think of that song when it's Rita Ora singing it? It's not great. It's not a great song for her to pick to cover. I just, I feel like it's like, I feel like I'm on American Idol, but I'm like, Rita, song choice. You know, not a great song choice for Rita. Her live version of Only Want You is good, though. Big Yellow Tap. Was it like, it's almost like, oh, well, I know the, the national anthem. I can do that. You know, it just felt very like, does Rita not know any other songs? I would pay I to hear you does. cover the national anthem, though. 
dare you to get I'm this. Well no one gets the national anthem right. That's the worst song to sing. The most famous no, singers can never get it right. No, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm more, I don't mean that it's easy to sing. I mean that you just know oh, it. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder what Rita, I wonder what other songs are in Rita's Oh, I was supposed arsenal. to do a cover. Uh, Beacon of the Taxi. Uh, 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 how about the, how about I pledge, a, uh, how about the, uh, how about, uh, how about row, row, row your boat? I'm like, I don't know. Again, I would pay to he- I would pay an album price for one track of Rita Ora singing "Row, Row, Row Your Boat." Are you kidding? I would also pay that. Fourteen ninety nine. If you want to hear Rita Ora sing "Row, Row Your Boat," that'll cost you fourteen ninety nine. My credit card is out. <laughs> I'm typing in that security code, which I will never memorize. How many times am I going to use my credit card online? And not know the security code. I will never memorize that number. How have you not? That's actually good for you that you haven't memorized it because it means every time you want to buy something, you have to force <sighs> yourself to like remember that you're buying. Something My wallet's and, like, in the other room, the and you're like, ugh, and you have to get up. But you're like, do I really need this thing? And you're like, no. And yeah. then maybe you won't buy it. It's like I keep wanting to buy this gooseneck kettle. It's not even that expensive, but it's like, do it's I need to be spending expensive. the money on this? Do I need to be? It's like literally the one thing that'll bring you joy in your life. You should get it. The one thing. The one thing. Like the coffee. I mean, your coffee thing. Java. Now that I'm done with um, Ladies Who Punch, which, well, to be fair, I expensed it. I I spent who money on this. I hope you did too. But Uh, that's the one thing that brought me joy. Um, And it's over. Um, And so is this episode. (laughs) So we're done. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Support us on patreon.com slash who weekly for uh, bi-weekly free episodes and a weekly newsletter. Plus just support us because you like us. And if you don't want to do that, just rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts because that also really helps us out uh, by getting the word out uh, and, you know, positive words in the universe. Uh, Go to whoweekly.us slash live and you can buy tickets to our remaining live shows in Nashville and Boston and DC. And then our tour is over. Sad, 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 sad. For now. Um, and also call in 512, God. Also call in 619, who them. And you can leave questions, comments, and concerns to. for our Friday Who's There episode. We will see you on Friday. Goodbye. about this show is that we can have discussions that we feel very emotional we about. We can. We can. And we respect your opinions. Thank you. I respect yours as well. I love oh, being God. here with you guys. I want to and be, I love to your be passion. passionate. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And let's have more discussion. Okay. All right? And we'll be